0: Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs brokerage, trade-managed solutions, freight forwarding, trade technologies, and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kaus, and today I am speaking with our very special guest, Pauline Caballero. Pauline is Buckland's Chief Revenue Officer. Pauline is responsible for leading sales and revenue growth strategies and initiatives to achieve the company's short and long-term goals. Pauline began her career at Buckland in 2017 and has extensive experience working with privately held organizations in a variety of industries to establish a strong culture and operating principles that drive results. With over a decade of experience in customs and logistics, she has a dynamic portfolio to support Buckland's growth. In addition to this, Pauline has created a successful franchise in the health and wellness industry, which continues to flourish. Pauline holds a BA from the University of Toronto, as well as an MBA from York University. Thank you so much for joining me today, Pauline. Thank you so much for having me,
1: Jenny. This is um, a very exciting topic, one that's near and dear to my heart.
0: Yeah. So Pauline, you are joining me today to talk about And It's something, admittedly, a little bit different for the Beyond Borders podcast. Generally, we talk about topics centered around international trade, but today we're going to be talking about something that I would say it does pertain to our industry, but it goes well beyond international trade. We are going to be discussing a framework called the Five Commitments. And this has been really central to Buckland over the last couple of years. And uh, Pauline, if it's okay with you, I'll just kind of explain what the the Five Commitments is, and then uh, we'll get into it. Um, So the Five Commitments, it's part of a framework uh, from a program called The Collaborative Way, and I'll link up to that in the show notes if anybody's interested in finding out a bit more about this. But for those of you who've not heard of this, it's a framework that was developed by a company called Rodell in conjunction with Lloyd Fickett and Associates way back in 1989 to help grow Rodell. And after the success that it led to there, it was brought to other companies about five years later. And the basics of what it does is it gives a common language for team members and it helps to foster productivity. And it's based on um, a diagram that, also, I'll link up to in the show notes so that you can see. But it's a, basically a circle on top of building blocks. And within that circle are five, uh, five concepts that are referred to as commitments. And this, is, this whole concept is so powerful. And we've been really interested in exploring it here at Buckland. So this framework and this five commitment was something that you introduced to our team I would say late 2017, early 2018, Pauline. And I'm, I'm curious about how you originally became aware of it.
1: You know, I came across um, this book back, it would have been in 2008. And really it was when I was putting together our the, the health and wellness franchise that I um, am a part of. Mm-hmm. And what I was looking for is I was looking for a common language of ways in which team can operate together. And what I loved about the five commitments was what it does is it provides with a foundation of commonality, common language, and then also ways in which team members can interact and communicate.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. And I, I think it's definitely effective. And and what I'm thinking today is that we could go through what those five commitments are, because I think they're really worth diving into. Um, and, I think it's so, so interesting. So are you game for doing a bit of a deep dive on these five commitments? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do this. Okay. So the first of the five commitments uh, in the list is listen generously. So this really challenges us to break out of the general way that we listening listen, or as they refer to it as listening by habit, where we only think about our viewpoint and we stay locked in that way of thought. So the challenge is to really give attention to the listener and be willing to have your mind changed and not just simply waiting for your turn to talk. I think that this can definitely be very difficult, but I think it's also so powerful if you can really incorporate this into the way that you are conducting yourself. What are your thoughts around listening generously and what does this mean for you?
1: Well, it's so interesting. What I find a lot is if I'm in a meeting or if I'm having a conversation with a colleague, I'll often find my internal dialogue figuring out what is my response going to be? What am I going to say? How how am I going to answer this customer's question versus actually staying in the conversation without having my internal dialogue going on and listen for what the person is actually saying? Mm -hmm. So I find that um, this is a practice that's actually quite critical and very important when you're dealing with external clients and internal clients, when you're dealing with your employees and In allowing them the opportunity to say what needs to be said without you already formulating an answer. Because in that already formulation of an answer, that's where I feel we miss the nuggets. We miss the actual gems in which people are attempting to communicate. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would share Really, the most important thing about listening generously is listening from a place of listening, not listening while your internal dialogue is having a conversation with yourself.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think, um, you know, sometimes when you, you're listening with this, the intent of responding, you're in your head and you're formulating that response and you're not really hearing what that person's saying. And you might really, really miss the point or what's really happening just below that conversation. So I think that's a that's a really good point. So the next concept is kind of um, on the other side of this. So not only do you want to listen generously, which was the first one we just talked about, but the next concept is speaking straight. And I for I really think that this one can get misinterpreted if you don't really understand it. And I think a lot of people see this uh, when they first hear it as just being blunt, telling it like it is. But that's not quite it. Um, And I think maybe a lot of people are perhaps even vague in the way that they communicate out of discomfort um, rather than being direct about something. And this can lead to incorrect interpretations. And I mean, (laughs) if you combine not speaking straight with not listening generously, you can have a real issue. Um, but would you elaborate a little bit on what speaking straight really means and that it's kind of beyond this just being blunt or, like I said, telling it like it is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking straight is a practice that you know we brought forth here in Buckland. But the, the missing piece, I'll say, and even just that statement of speaking straight is speaking straight with the intention of moving things forward. Mm. So often we find ourselves in a situation where speaking straight could look one way but if you were to share in a very blunt manner as you put it it wouldn't necessarily put the other person in a position to move the conversation forward with you so the most important element i would say in speaking straight is having that that looking that listening with the intention to move the conversation and or project forward I mean, how many times are we um, in the middle of a project where there's multiple people involved, and someone has missed a deadline? Well, by simply calling them out on, on missing a deadline, that won't necessarily move the project forward. But by asking the question, "How can I support you to ensure that we move that we miss that we don't miss this deadline, or that we achieve this deadline?" it puts the other individual in a completely different position to respond to. Mm-hmm. So, speaking straight. It's important not to gloss over the details. It's important to share the facts. But what's also very important is to remember that the intention of speaking straight is to move things forward, whether it's a conversation, whether it's a project, whether it's a relationship. Is what you're saying right now going to move this forward? If yes, then continue. If no, then you need to look at how can I speak straight in a different manner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is one that becomes a lot of people would have a really natural example of this, I would say in your personal relationships. Um, I think it is very common. Maybe we'll say like even, um, in a domestic partnership, uh, to have those conversations where you're not being fully clear and, uh, leaving details out and that can definitely cause disagreements. Um, so It's, it's, it's not always about speaking straight about the other person. It's about your intent, giving just the facts and leaving out the, um, and not leaving out the parts that are really relevant. I think it's the, and I don't know if you've encountered this, but it's with a text, you know, when someone texts something and it's dot, dot, dot after, you know, when they're kind of trailing off. It's like, no, like, let's be clear. What is the issue? Um, and not leave room for interpretation um, and and make sure that everybody understands what's going on.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it could be something as simple as a text and email. We see that all the time where emails misconstrued. You know, I had a staff member that was quite frustrated when the um, thumbs up came out in text messages. And I would simply respond up with a thumbs up. And it used to drive her bonkers. And I understand because I wasn't speaking straight in a way that was moving the conversation forward for her. Ah, I understood what it meant. Now we're in a different relationship where she'll send me back the thumbs up on the text and because we now have that common language. So speaking straight in that perspective, we've created a similarity and um, a continuity in our communication. But prior to that, we did not have we did not have an agreement for me to speak straight by simply sending her a thumbs up.
0: Yeah. And I can see that if you're perhaps looking for approval on something and you think, okay, does thumbs up mean, yes, that's good. Does it just mean looks good, but I'll let you know. It's getting that uh, established common language. So So next up is um, be for each other. And I think that this one's really, really interesting. And I think it's very powerful. So in on the opposite side of being for each other, when that mutual support is missing in any type of organization, you'll see teams that uh, tend to become siloed from each other. Maybe uh, things like blame become kind of rampant. People aren't supporting each other. And all of this kind of adds up to a scenario that's not going to be a successful one for an organization. On the other side, when you have a culture that is for each other and supportive, you have people that want success for others. You have environments where you're not going to have gossip. Uh, Misunderstandings are quickly dealt with so that relationships within that organization can really flourish. And I think that this one is so important um, for us to want success for each other, um, you know, and create that supportive environment that people feel that other people have their back, they want them to be successful. Uh, How would you encourage teams to apply this concept of being for each other? Yeah. I mean, for me, being for each other
1: is a critical point. Um, It's a critical item here at Buckland. I mean, one of the things that's important in that is the sense of camaraderie and community and more importantly, when one succeeds, the whole succeeds. And I think that's the, the, the biggest piece is understanding that, yes, you can go fast alone, but together we can go quite far. And in fact, I think I've just quoted a proverb, but what's really important there in being for each other is to understand that, that collectively to move something forward, it takes many parts and not just a single piece. Mm -hmm. And you see that a lot in organizations. There are projects that run cross functional, and then um, they require the support from finance, they require the support from marketing, they require the support from sales. It's no individual department, nor is it an individual person that can actually pull something
0: across the finish line. Absolutely. And I think, too, you know, it's interesting, we are recording this. Podcast just following uh, the American Thanksgiving, and I find that to be interesting timing um, because we 're you know thinking about gratitude and you know even as I record this podcast, as much as you and i are are on the phone today having this conversation, this conversation couldn 't happen without our awesome i t team making sure that we have a great internet connection to be able to talk to each other um, you know our our vendors that supply software that we can do this there's so many moving parts and I think you know IT wanting this to be successful for you and I to have this conversation and this be part of our our marketing efforts we're all working together and wanting this to be a success for each other and I think that that's so critical Um, so the next thing we're going to take a look at is honoring commitments. So when this isn't taking place in an organization, this can manifest as projects, maybe that aren't getting followed through on, maybe, you know, it's, it's something gets started, but loses steam and doesn't happen. Um, and this can lead to, uh, defensiveness when these commitments are broken. So when we're honoring commitments, we're careful not only to take on Um, Projects that are clearly defined, um, being really clear when it's apparent that a commitment might not be able to be kept, but dealing with those broken commitments quickly and making sure that we're supporting others toward keeping those commitments. And I know this one is is so, so, so important to us here and having that integrity at Buckland. Um, So when you've seen honoring commitments really uh, being exemplified so well, what does that look like in an organization? Um, Well, honoring commitments also
1: means for me um, being able to renegotiate timelines and timeframes Mm -hmm. and being in communication. And I'll say that the the biggest thing for honoring the commitments. there's a a really great article um, on integrity and defining aspects of one's word. And what it looks like is really being able to do what you say you're going to do and do it on time. And if you can't do it on time, stating when you will do it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and honoring commitments for really looks like being in communication, yeah. being able to communicate what things are looking like, what are you dealing with? Because the world is so dynamic. There's constantly new things happening. You may have every single intention to show up at that meeting at 9am and a client calls you at 8.58 that you absolutely have to pick up the phone. And so what does it look like for you to honor your commitment to the 9 a.m and still honor your inexplicit commitment to the client to answer his phone call every time he calls because there's some urgent matter. Mm -hmm. So it's really understanding what are the boundaries that you're putting in place? How are you being in communication? And then what are the different tools that you can utilize to continue to upgrade your commitments, to Mm -hmm. continue to up-level how you're communicating with your team?
0: Yeah, and I think that this is one that is so fundamental in terms of building trust within teams as well. I think that this is absolutely crucial when people really know that they can count on each other and, you know, whether it's to follow through or communicate a new timeline.
1: Exactly. And that's really the important piece is being in communication and building trust, mm-hmm. whether it's being building trust internally with your employees or building trust externally with your clients. Yeah people want to know that you're count onable, that you can be counted on.
0: Yeah. And that um, document that you referred to the integrity document, I'll link up to that in the show notes as well. If listeners are interested, I do recommend checking it out. Um, I have read it and it's, it's certainly a great piece that I think that other people will find interesting as well. So look for that in the show notes. So that is four. So that means we are on the last of the five commitments and this one is so important and it is appreciate and acknowledge so organizational cultures that don't have this as a focus it can really create feelings of being underappreciated and people are even less likely to take on new big tasks perhaps and it can lead to you know behaviors like complaining when people don't feel appreciated um and they in this framework, in the writing about it, the authors go on to talk about how sometimes even partial appreciation and acknowledgement is just as bad as none, which I found so interesting. Um, And it was because it doesn't feel quite genuine and it may simply be dismissed by the recipient, which is kind of heartbreaking to think about, but very important as well. So it's important to give acknowledgement that is specific and meaningful and then the, the challenge is also to receive it well, which can be such a challenge for people. And I think it's, it's important also, and, and the authors talk about this as well, to suggest where it can be given to others if you see that it is missing in other or areas of your organization. You want to have this culture where everybody is feeling nurtured, appreciated, and it can give that sense of uh, well-being in an organization. Um, but that said, some people do feel really unnatural providing appreciation and acknowledgement and it's uncomfortable for them. What would you say to them to help them take this on at their company or within their family or any organization? Well, that's just it
1: exactly. I'll say this is, if there's anything that you get from this podcast, my request is that you go out and you acknowledge and appreciate someone, Mm -hmm. whether it's someone you know or someone you don't know, or whether, even if it's a random stranger, funny enough, you know, driving in to get this podcast, I had a stranger buy me coffee and not in a drive-through line, but actually in person, like, Hey, you're doing a great job this week. He didn't even know me and let me buy your coffee. Um, and that's just such a simple act. People will often refer to that as a random act of kindness, but in the realm of acknowledgement and appreciation, all that's doing is really acknowledging and appreciating another human being. Yeah, And I'll say, this is such an important piece because people want to be seen and heard, period. And if you can take that into your team, allow your team to be seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And that can be very simple by, hey, I saw what you did in your response to that client's email. You nailed it. You did a great job there. Yeah, thank you. The same thing is happening at home with your children. and my son yesterday, all he wanted to do was for me to look through his journal in detail and say, hey, buddy, on July 2018, that journal that you wrote about going to the exhibition was really great. Why is that working for him? Because it's not just a random comment. It's not just mom being like, oh, yeah, you did a great job over there. No, it was me taking the time to actually acknowledge the work that he'd done. Mm -hmm. And I would consider that your entire team all around you is just hungry for being seen and being heard. We often mistake that with um, gifts and monetary items. That's not what's missing. What's missing within your team, within your family is being seen and heard. And the best way to do that the most effective way to do that is by acknowledging and appreciating the work, the time, and the person that's right in front of you. Yeah. So that would be my one request to everyone listening to this podcast is take on, I mean, really take on the act of what does it look like to acknowledge and appreciate someone every single day, whether it's at home, at work, when you're out in the world, whatever that looks like, but what, does, what could you do? What contribution could you be?
0: And I think too, I've, I've witnessed this where I think sometimes when people see someone doing a good job, they assume that they know they are good at what they do and will often think that not even think to compliment them on it. And I think, you know, the key is when you have those thoughts, cause we all have those thoughts of, you know, you see someone doing something, you think, wow, that's awesome. Voice it. You know, get rid of that filter that stops you from saying something to them about it and just express uh, how great they're doing. And along with that too is don't always wait for a final result or the completion of a project to give that appreciation. Um, You know, and this is something we were talking a bit about parenting, but this is something that I've had to really learn with parenting too is acknowledging the effort not just the result. So acknowledging what's going into that, you know, uh, whether it's resilience, whether it's, you know, the hard work put into something, really acknowledging that and not always waiting just for the outcome of a project. So if you have a colleague and they're working really hard on something, you know, it doesn't hurt to say to them, you know, wow, I can really see all of the, the work that you've been working so hard on this. You know, it's not always about waiting until the project's done and just um giving your appreciation for the final result, but for the effort that goes into it along the way as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think um, you know, and and it's funny we were talking about parenting. I think it's it's goes along with the parenting concept of catch catch people when they're doing something great rather than them only hearing from you when there's an issue. Because, you know, but positive reinforcement goes such a, a long way further than the negative, right? Absolutely. It really does. I've had to really learn that one as a parent. (laughs) Uh, So Pauline, I think that these, the five concepts or the five commitments are really, really powerful. And I know that they definitely have the power to transform cultures. At Buckland, we've made this framework part of our conversation for the last two years. And it's so encouraging to see it being used by our teams. Not only does it impact the way that we're interacting with each other, but it impacts the way um, that we are as we deal with our customers and ultimately helps us provide better service to them from that internal culture that we are building over time. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's really providing us with a commonality, a common ground, and a way in which to be not only internally with Buckland employees, but also externally with our clients. This yeah. is what we're committed to being, and this is how we're committed to working. and And here's how we're going to do it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so important for an organization, especially like Buckland, uh, where we have multiple locations across three countries. You know, we really work hard to have that common language in the way that we speak to each other to ensure a, a you know a consistent experience for everybody across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me today, Pauline. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a very busy lady. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about this framework that has become so important for us here at Buckland. Thank you, Jenny. And that's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our very special guest, Pauline Caballero, for joining us and discussing the five commitments in the collaborative way. If you're looking for more resources related to international trade, check out buckland.com and click on the learning section across the top of the website. Here, you're going to find a range of resources, including learning guides, webinars, and podcasts. Our downloadable learning guides include Incoterms charts, common trade terminology, how to avoid border delays, and many, many more. We also host live monthly webinars, and we invite you to sign up online to secure your spot for an informative presentation, followed by a live Q&A session. All of our podcasts are also available on our website so please feel free to check them out there or wherever you get your podcasts. The best way to keep up to date on all of these resources is through our weekly newsletter. We send out a newsletter every single Wednesday containing our latest information including a roundup of the latest trade news delivered straight to your inbox. If you have any questions please feel free to reach out to us through our website's contact us page through Twitter, where our handle is at Buckland Tweets, on our LinkedIn company page, or on our Instagram page at Buckland Insta. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast, and be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in the world of logistics and international trade.